up everyone this is another episode of oversimplified and i'm your host connor dewey it's been a little bit i missed my first week of doing the podcast um i don't anticipate that that's going to happen again but we'll see how it goes um so far i'm enjoying this experiment so i don't see that uh i don't see this stopping anytime soon if you hear any raindrops during this during this podcast it just basically monsooned in New York, um, so rain is dropping down onto my uh, AC unit, um, and as you know, this is a this is a one take deal. So, um, so if you do hear dripping, that's what that is. But on to the matter at hand, we're talking about new user onboarding today. So I just wrote a blog blog post a couple weeks ago, outlining the principles for new user onboarding, or I guess more concretely the things that I learned while I was basically doing a bunch of research and working to redesign the onboarding flow at Hugo. So I outlined some of like my favorite resources in the article. The things that really helped me, um, and this is this blog post is essentially an aggregate of these different resources. So the big things that helped me were um, Reforge. I had access to their like Reforge growth series content when I worked back at Squarespace, um, which was really, really helpful. And that's something that I've referred back to um, a bunch of times. Then there's the Advanced Guide to User Onboarding. This is a Julian Shapiro handbook, which I highly recommend checking out. Um, this is some of the most comprehensive content that I, that I found. He goes over like paid advertising, um, user onboarding, and it's really more of a growth marketing thing in general. But this chapter is really helpful for onboarding. And then there's a couple of good blog posts by Lenny. I honestly don't know how to say his last name, um, former Airbnb guy, but he, he runs a good growth newsletter now. And a little bit from Hacking Growth, which is a good book. I highly recommend checking it out. I think it's, yeah, it's Sean Ellis, um, who's like one of the big growth thought leaders. So those are the resources that I recommend if you're trying to go straight to the source. Um, but I'll give you my 10-minute kind of summary of, of how I'm thinking about onboarding in this podcast, and, and hopefully that's helpful for you. So first things first, when people talk about onboarding, they think about that first experience, and that is a big part of it. That's probably the biggest part of it. But I like the more kind of broad definition of onboarding, where onboarding is the experience between signing up and becoming an engaged user. So there's a lot of things that have to happen for that for that to take place. It's not just the first session. Um, they have to go through the first session, but then also users have to experience the value of your product. They have to become activated, and then they have to develop some form of habit that keeps them coming back and keeps them engaged. So there's really that initial aha moment plus some sustained usage, um, normally driven by some habit creation. So it's a little bit more comprehensive than, than just thinking about it as, as the first five minutes in your app. And that, that's basically how Julian Shapiro breaks it up. He talks about the first session and then talks about follow-up engagement. So why does onboarding matter so much? Um, it matters because retention matters in short. Um, when you think about growth models and you think about the biggest growth lever, retention is it. Um, you can get away with a lot if you have great retention. If you look at successful products today, um, all of them have great retention or at least good retention. 
Um, and, and if their retention isn't great, then they have to make up for that with some sort of like demand gen or some sort of top of funnel um, mechanisms. Like, like Twitter is a good example of that, where Twitter doesn't have great retention, um, at least early on apparently, but they are so, so good at acquisition that they can get away with it. But that's not the case for like 90% of companies. Um, so when you talk about like, how can I improve my retention, you want to do the thing that impacts the most users. And that starts with onboarding. So like, there's very few things that touch a significant portion of users and onboarding is one of those. So if you want to lift up that retention curve, um, onboarding is a great place to start. So once you get into actually, actually kind of redesigning or at least deciding that you want to redesign your onboarding experience, I break it down into kind of a research period and then more of the product design engineering period. And the research period I'll break up into two parts. So the first is basically understanding user intent. So in order to redesign, in order to design a good onboarding experience, you need to understand why people are signing up for your product. Um, and this isn't necessarily, like this seems obvious, but this isn't necessarily the thing that you think it might be. Um, so you might think that your value prop is one thing, but users might be coming to you for a different thing, or you might have several value props. Um, and so it's a good idea to actually dig into this more. So these like loosely formed kind of opinions, um, I've definitely fallen, um, like I've, I've been a suspect of this before, won't normally cut it. Um, I think you actually have to talk to users. So get people on the phone or get prospective users on the phone and ask them like why did you seek out our product what did you hope to get out of it how is it differentiated from competition um, things like that so you want to dig into that so you know what users are trying to achieve because um, then only then can you guide them to what they're trying to achieve so just to kind of say that a different way you want to understand what value the user expects to get out of your product so then you can find a way to guide them to that value as quickly as possible, which is really at the crux of what onboarding is all about. So, like I said, I think the best way to do that is just talk to people. Um, it can be as little as like five people, just get them on the phone and dig into those questions and you'll start to see patterns emerge fairly quickly. This leads into the next step of kind of the research period, as I call it, which is analyzing user engagement. So you know roughly what value your user expects out of your product. Now you want to dig into how they achieve that value. And in a lot of cases, this might be obvious, but I would push you to dig into this further as well. Um, basically, basically what you're doing here is you're going a layer below. And this is going to actually involve a little bit of data analysis. So what you want to do is if you have the data infrastructure set up, if you have something like segment heap, um, like these are tools that make this a little bit easier. Uh, or if you just have someone that's a little bit data, data savvy uh, on your team, then this shouldn't be too difficult to do. Basically, you can just pull your events um, just kind of in bulk, and then you can pull some sort of success metric for your product. Um, and it's important to select the right success metric. So it might not be it might not be something longer term because you won't have enough data if you're still early on. Um, so you might use a proxy, but basically what you're looking to see is which events are correlated with success. 
So what are people doing that actually leads them to achieving the value that they sought, your, they sought out coming to your product? And a lot of these will be obvious, um, but then a lot of them will also be kind of non-obvious. So I think it's definitely an exercise worth doing. And, and once you've done this, once you've kind of aggregated this user level data for a bunch of events and you set up this correlation table, um, once you do this, you'll, you'll have a pretty good view of, of what you need to design your onboarding experience for. You know the general, the general idea and you know the high value events that you should be engineering towards. And you shouldn't follow these blindly, obviously follow your intuition, but um, it's good to have this information in hand when you get into the engineering portion of this, uh, this kind of process. That takes us into the actual kind of doing of things. Um, I, I called in this blog post removing obstacles, but uh, I don't know, you could also phrase this in just kind of like engineering the onboarding experience or um, kind of like removing friction is another way to think about it. So that's kind of a separate thing. Um, and I, I kind of basically subscribe to Julian Shapiro's uh, like view of this, which is that he thinks about three different ways to get users over these hurdles um, or three different types of techniques you can use. The first one is educational. So if someone doesn't understand what's happening, then they probably won't advance on to the next step of your product and they probably won't experience the value. So how can you educate users on your product? Um, he lays out like integrated walkthrough, tool tips, videos, as, uh, like things to lean on. Um, I think these are all like generally good advice. The one thing I would say is I would avoid videos. Um, if you need a video to explain your product and users can't just get it from either going through it or from some hand-holding, they need to sit down and watch to get it. Um, that, that, that's generally a red flag. Julian Sapiro talks about, uh, he was early on at Webflow, and he talks about how they were basically designing like a course, um, a university to teach people how to use Webflow. And that was one of the first moments where he was like, damn, um, I don't know if this is gonna catch on anytime soon. And in a lot of ways he was right, it, it didn't catch on anytime soon. He, he left and it took, I don't know, five or so years before, um, before Webflow turned into what it was today. Um, so that was definitely a kind of a longer runway than he, than he expected. Um, but that's a bit of a tangent. Let's get into the next thing, which is enticing. So we talked about educational. The next one was like, how can you entice users? How can you kind of give them that aha moment? Um, and the most effective way to do this is with value props. So how can you motivate them to go to the next step? Um, one way to think about this is like teasing the value prop before they get there. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to think of a good example. The example that uh, that is in the like, user onboarding guide that Julian Shapiro does is, is like a dating site and they have blurred out in the background the faces of all the prospective dates while you put in your login information. Um, so I think, I think stuff like that's generally pretty clever and um, it's not gonna be as effective as like the educational fixes, but these kind of motivational um, nudges can, uh, can be more effective than you'd think. The last kind of branch of this is the productive aspect of, of these, these kind of um, techniques. So basically you want people to walk away from your onboarding experience having accomplished something. Um, you want to give them 
some sort of like mini hit of dopamine that they accomplished something and and that can they can take people a long way so ideally your onboarding experience isn't totally trivial it should be meaningful in some way um which it, which is a nice bonus if if you can do that and that's that's kind of like the the general way that i'm thinking about onboarding right there so you do some research you understand the user intent you analyze user engagement and then you systematically remove obstacles from the user reaching that value prop and you do that through education you do that through motivating users and you do that through taking them through productive workflows that's the core of it um, and then there's a fourth step which is kind of its own thing but like onboarding should be treated as a product feature like any other feature it should be continued to be optimized and it should change with the product so when you revisit um, when you revisit engineering your onboarding and when you revisit like how things should be done you should be thinking of ways you can improve it and there's there's a multiple there's multiple different ways to think about that once you once you reach that point I go into a bunch of other kind of mini principles that if you're interested in you can check out the blog post um, but I won't dig into all of them right now I I want to keep this podcast a little bit shorter and I think the one that the one that's most interesting to me is that um, I'll just call this out is that onboarding is ongoing. So we we normally think about onboarding in the context of the first experience, like I mentioned earlier, where we often forget about onboarding is kind of for existing users. So when you roll out new features, um, you have to basically re-educate people. You have to re-motivate people. Um, to use those features in different ways. So what, what a lot of products do is they will put people through onboarding and then they'll continue to iterate on the product and they will just never um, never educate, never like notify users again of how to, of how to do things and kind of uh, just kind of forget about onboarding after that first experience. So I, I would discourage that and I would think about existing users as well as new users, even though it kind of falls outside the scope of what we're talking about here. I think it's an important distinction to make and it's something that's important to keep in mind. So that's that's all I have to say about onboarding right now. Like I said, feel free to dig into the blog post for more. Um, but that's it and I'll, I'll see you guys next time.